1: Hello, hello, beautiful human. I hope you are staying sane this holiday break. We're still here doing our thing, kind of. Listening back to our favorite injuries of 2023, Drew off a wallow on the list. Huge TikTok influencer, huge podcaster, and just a good person. We talked about a lot with her, the men of the internet, her family, and a whole lot more. We're into it in a sec, but first, I'd really like to give you a free mattress. Seriously, this is not a joke. I want to hook you up with the mattress that literally changed my life. It's called the Vibersonic. It gets cool when I get hot. The adjustable base allows for my spine to be perfectly aligned. Plus, I can sleep in zero gravity. And the memory phone just understands who I am and how I sleep. Plus, get this, there are six subwoofers built into the mattress. So my movies sound different, my podcasts hit different. When I meditate, I actually feel it. This mattress connects to your existing sound system on your TV or your iPod, or you could build this surround sound system off of the mattress. It's it's kind of wild. If you want to learn more or win a free one because they're giving them away, just click the link in the description below, okay? I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Uh, this thing changed my life. Here's wallow. And like whatever, like tether me up, leash me up. Zach Sang Show. Hello beautiful human, <laughs> I am Zach. That is Dan. We welcome, I don't want to ruin your beautiful last name. Oh yeah. Afualo? Yes. Wow. Look at you. We welcome Drew Afualo to the studio.
2: (laughs) This is how I know I've made it. (laughs) I'm come in on. there now.
1: Uh, it, it wasn't being at Coachella with like you plus 97 people all having <laughs> artist guest passes. Yeah,
2: not Brittany Roski telling Zach, well, if she comes, she's going to bring a plus 12. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I'm Polynesian. It is what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. I do have a plus eight like at all times. I don't know why. Well, I'm
1: sorry. Well, there's safety, there's security, and <laughs> you keep family around you.
2: Always. Yeah, always. It, I always have my mom and sister are always with me. My sister's not able to come today, but my mom's here. Hey
0: mom, gorgeous. Like your mother is (laughs) stunning.
2: I know, right? Everyone's like, are you guys sisters? And I'm like, I came out of her. So, no, no, not quite. Um, Yeah, I always have them. My boyfriend's always with me. Uh, My brother in law was with us. Like my agent, (laughs) my plus seven
1: at all times. Is there a want or a deep desire to keep as much? Of what was around mm. you as you go into what is and what's going to be.
2: Yeah, I mean, wow, what an insightful way of asking that question. Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's a there's like a certain level. I think when you start really growing the platform, I mean, you've been in the game. Both of you have been for so long. Um, you almost like crave tedium and like normalcy, like regular shit, like going to the store yeah. <laughs> and like driving in your own car alone. Like I hardly do shit like that anymore so I feel like keeping my family around me helps me remind me that I'm just a regular ass bitch and that's okay (laughs) like I have this amazing wonderful career and platform which is a blessing and it's so incredible and it's given me a life that I've like always dreamed of but at the same time I feel like that's how you get lost in the sauce when you don't keep normal people around you like people that knew you before, people that love you for who you are before the platform. It's really hard, I think, especially as influencers, as icky as that term is, I feel like it's so easy to get lost and to get swept into this world, because it is crazy. Like When you go and, and get the platform and you go to things like Coachella and you like go to all these amazing events and meet people you never thought you would meet in your entire life, I think it gets really easy to get lost. So I think that they're kind of, like, as cheesy as it sounds, they're like my lighthouse. Like, they keep bringing me back home, which well, is a good thing.
1: That is, yeah, your North Star, your yeah. center. All <laughs> yeah. of that makes the most sense because, it, well, a bunch of questions. Your dream shifts drastically from, like, wanting to be the next Bob Costas and yeah. thinking you make it working for the NFL. Yeah. But, like, would you say your dream has shifted to what you're doing today or is was this just an outlet that you had at your fingertips because you had nothing else going on
2: yeah i mean well first of all bob Costas. is so funny i said that on my resume like when i was like 17. look at you interviewer you should do this for a living Zach. I, you're so good
1: i think we're on to something <laughs>
2: yeah. um but yeah i mean i feel like i feel like if i was really honest with myself i feel like my dream was always to be an entertainment i just thought sports was the vehicle Like I thought that would launch me at least into the world because sports and entertainment are so closely intertwined in a lot of ways, especially nowadays. But when I was in college, like I thought, okay, if I, if I sideline report for sports, like I'll build a platform and I'll, you know, get to interview people and I'll get to like interact and mingle with people that I admire and maybe I'll build and I'll be a host of some kind and maybe it'll just be in sports. But I think, after getting fired, I think <laughs> you just, it just really puts you, it really humbles you getting fired. Um, I think that it shifted my perspective entirely. Like it really changed how I saw myself because I thought to myself, did I even really like sports? Like I was like asking myself this as you unpack, like your internalized misogyny and you realize like, why was I really doing that? Was I doing that because I loved football or was I doing that to prove a point was I doing it because I felt like if I'm one of the only brown women to exist in this world, that's a good thing. Like, so if anything, I feel like that was the driving force behind me wanting to be in the NFL, which is essentially what my platform is now, which is like existing in a patriarchal world, but having a voice and being loud and like garnering an audience with that voice. I just thought it was going to be talking about sports. Turns out it's just being really fucking mean to terrible (laughs) men online, (laughs) which is more of a purpose. I feel like that's actually what I was meant to do. And I feel like if I'd never got fired, well, obviously I know that now, if I'd never gotten fired, I never would have built the platform. So it, it all happens for a reason. I truly believe nothing ever happens to me by accident. Everything is like on purpose and for a reason.
1: Were you able to pinpoint why you wanted to be in sports and what your main motivator was behind going after it in the first place?
2: Um, I mean, I'm unpacking in therapy. But also, uh, I talk about it a lot as I'm writing my book right now. But I think if I really like sat down and thought about it with myself, my dad is a former NFL player. My dad played football um, really late in life. Like My dad got recruited when he was in junior college to play football. He had never played football before. And um, they just saw how big he was. My dad's 6'6". So they were like, have you ever thought about playing football? And he was like, no. So they put him on the team. He made it. He did really well. He got a scholarship. And he got drafted, which is, like, all within, like, two, three years.
1: By the way, like, totally, like, defying every <laughs> yeah. odd imaginable. No, actually.
2: Like, literally, my dad defied all odds, which is very normal in someone culture. Like, someone men are very, very, very privy to go to the NFL. We're just so athletically gifted in that way I guess I don't know Um, but my dad had a very short-lived career in the NFL because my dad didn't know like my mom and him were both navigating it together they had they're in their early 20s they have two kids my sister and I um, and they're trying to figure it all out and so like my dad's career was very short-lived and I felt like me going into football like trying to work in football professional sports I felt like I was I guess I felt like I was redeeming him in a way.
1: Unfinished business.
2: Yeah. And I also felt like, I feel like so strongly about this. I talk about it a lot, but like Samoan people, especially men are like so revered for their physicality and their athletic capabilities. Like that's really all they're ever known for. Like, even if you look at the rock who has someone, he's someone who's been able to transcend culture and move into entertainment movies, all that kind of stuff. But like before that, he was trying to be a football player. Um, Like if you look at the WWE, there's lots of Samoan people in there too. I feel like that's all we're ever really known for is being big and strong. If you don't watch football, chances are you've never heard of someone, people have met them in any capacity. And so I feel like with me, I was like, well, this is a chance for me to like be a someone person, but not, be in sports. Like I could do commentating. I could be known for being a personality. I could be known for being smart or being funny. Yeah,
1: I'd brain and imperson- a person to the Yeah.
2: Mix. An actual human with thoughts and ambitions and and things that don't revolve solely around how big and strong I am. And I think, I think that's why, I think that's what was really driving me. Because I was like, I could do it. I could easily do it. Like, I could do what these other women do. I could do what these men do. Like, me being a Virgo. Me being like, (laughs) I don't know anything about it, but I could probably master it. It's fine. That's just me being a (laughs) know-it-all.
1: Just give me 10,000 hours. I'll figure it out.
2: Girl... 10 minutes. I'm like, yeah, I could do that. I could easily do that. Um, my overzealous confidence. Um, but by
1: the way, like there is something to that confidence and that blind naivete that allows you to yeah. tackle things that you probably aren't qualified or most likely aren't qualified to do. But yeah. because you, you tackle it and, and take that leap, you end up really proving something to everybody.
2: Yeah. And especially yourself. I feel like to myself, especially because this is also something I'm on Pecking therapy. I'm someone who I my worth and and value and confidence has almost always come from my external accomplishments, like my validation I find through my accomplishments. So like being really smart, like being the best at sports, like winning awards, trophies, like accolades, which is also bad. I know that now (laughs) I used to think like I don't get it from men. I get it from winning. Which is also bad. Um, it's just not sustainable. Like it shouldn't it shouldn't be that way. It should be something that you have because you love yourself unabashedly, not because you're just the best at whatever it is you try. Um but so getting to yeah. a
1: point where you love yourself in an unwavering manner is yeah. like way easier Hard. said than
2: done. No, truly. Especially especially as wherever you sit on the intersection of like oppression, of being marginalized, wherever you sit, it's the further down you go, the harder it is to be like 100% confident in who you are and what you look like Like and how you present to the world, um, which is also a big part of my platform, I feel like. That's why people love me, you know?
1: <laughs> is there, there's a responsibility that comes with managing and putting yourself out there on a platform like the one you built.
2: Yeah, I mean. To the
1: point where it's almost frightening sometimes.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the first thing that a lot of creators, especially tell me when they meet me, is they always ask me like how do you do it man like how do you do this like cuz my platform is almost solely comprised of hate like mm-hmm. it's like 90 10 hey yeah. <laughs> um that's how i built it in the first place is like by off men saying terrible things not just to strangers on the internet but to me right yeah. um directly and i feel like they always ask me how i do it i don't i don't know i guess i feel like Well, first of all, like I said, my confidence doesn't come from men at all. So it doesn't hurt me when some whack ass bitch tells me I'm ugly. Like, okay. It comes from winning. That's what I always think. It comes from winning.
1: Yeah, it comes from
2: winning and being the best. And me being better at being mean is a a way of me winning, I guess.
1: Totally. So you are winning. I mean, you're financially winning, you're (laughs) fame winning, you're. I mean, mean? you're you're winning across Mm -hmm. the board off of the hateful rhetoric coming from white men all across the country.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But, like, does it take a toll on you reading that stuff all the time and having to kind of live with it every day?
2: I think it does. It does in the way—and not in the sense of how it makes me see myself. It's more so— that I just can't believe that people are so awful like I Uh. it makes you feel hopeless almost sometimes like it's just never going to get better because outside of what I choose to platform like the men that I you know choose to stitch and stuff outside of them I see some of the worst things you could ever imagine like I'm exposed to the deepest darkest corners of the internet and people are truly awful like Men, especially, like they are, they really are so incredibly rancid sometimes. And they're so comfortable, like platforming it. They're so comfortable putting their government name on it, attached to it, joking about it as if it's a game and it's not. And I feel like it makes me feel. I, I call it like jokingly like the most aggressive form of job security because I'm never going to be out of a job <laughs> like they're they're never going to stop being awful and I'm never going to stop making content. So it's just like a, a win lose. But um, that does not how I want to feel about it. Like I don't want to feel like I'm never going to be out of a, i I would hope that at some point I don't have to do this anymore. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's really the part that I think sits with me the most makes me feel sad and scared for other people, too.
1: Do you, as somebody who has become intimately familiar with the worst sides of the internet, Mm -hmm. see a path to, I don't know, a more accepting reality or, Mm. I mean, you sound pretty hopeless.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It feels like that. It feels hopeless sometimes. I see it. I just think I truly believe it's not going to come from them. It's going to come from us. Like we're, we're the people that are going to change it. We have to change how we react to it. We have to change how we stand up to it. Like we have to be more vocal about how much we don't like it. I feel like that's, that's why people gravitate towards me and my community has been built because women and femmes and everyone else in between, they're just so tired of having to constantly look the other way they're tired of having to like take the the high road of having to be nice of having to be quiet of having to dim because god forbid you say something what could happen well f- the worst thing could happen is you being murdered right mm. but on the other on the latter half like your work environment becomes hostile your relationships become hostile like if you choose to stand up for yourself there is a price you have to pay. I know for a fact now. Um,
1: I'm assuming you get that threats all the time. I'm assuming time, you have security of some type, right? Uh,
2: yeah. Not? Yeah. I've taken extensive, extensive measures to protect myself and my family, which is another thing I never thought I would have to do. Cause I, you know, I just made silly in- videos on the internet and turns out people want to kill you when they see them, which is insane. Like, and that's just, it's all really harsh reality, but it's true. Like, And that's the reality of being a woman. So it's like, if we're being honest, it's not new. It's just more prevalent. It's just more, it's almost like it's just increased in volume. It's not necessarily increased in severity because women get death threats all the time from men they spurn when they turn down. Men they don't even, men they never even met. Like they've never met before, but you know what I mean? There's so many situations where women's lives are endangered. That's why misogyny is so much more than just mean words, like mean jokes, which is what I think the problem is. These men on the internet that I sitch, they think misogyny is a joke. They think it's like, oh, I made a joke about you making sandwiches for me and now I'm the bad guy. But it's like, (laughs) it's to that same level. Like I made a silly joke about you looking like a rat and all of a sudden I'm Diablo himself. Like it's just, the overreaction is different, but the, the, the facts remain the same is that what you uphold is what you promote. So you continue to uphold white supremacy, misogyny, transphobia, homophobia, all of these different levels of bigotry. You, you perpetuate it in the real world. It doesn't go away just because you got off TikTok, just because you deleted your account or logged off, doesn't mean that the rest of us don't deal with what it is you put out in the world, which is like the whole point of why women like me. Like, yeah. That's why they like me. And, and
1: by the way, I think you, you, you made this point. When you're insulting somebody, you're insulting one person. When mm-hmm. they're insulting someone, they're insulting an entire gender truly. or group of people yeah. or an already marginalized group. Yeah. It's completely different. And to compare the two doesn't even make fucking sense. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just talking about one person. They're coming after tens and millions of people.
2: No, truly. And I think, too, like, because I get that all the time, too. They're like, well, you know, you make fun of short guys. Two like, wrongs don't, don't make is- it right. Yeah, two wrong. Oh, girl. Tattoo that on my fucking forehead. I hear that all the time. Too real, you can't fight fire with fire, which logistically is not true. You you ever heard of a controlled burn? When they have a fire, they burn everything in front, so it has nowhere to go. So technically speaking, this is me being a Virgo, you can fight fire with fire. Listen.
1: So she just burned it down. (laughs)
2: Ask ask a wild forest fire guy. I'm telling you, it's the truth. But I, I think too, like, I always think like, it's all under the guise of jokes, right? I am I was just making a joke. Same. Yeah. You know, like my jokes, I don't understand. I thought we were having a silly goofy time, but that's superficially. But also in the real world, I'm like, just because women are mean to you on the internet does not mean you're being oppressed. Those are two very different things and I feel like most of them don't know the difference. So they think, oh, this is oppression because Drew was mean to me and people flooded my comments and We're telling me my hairline is shit and that's so mean. That's so mean to me. And I'm like, well, if you make jokes, you got to be able to take jokes. So sometimes men are like, well, then I should be able to call you a fat cow. And then I go, by all means, I encourage it. (laughs) You make jokes first. Send me a pic of yourself and then I'll jump in after. I'm super okay with that. You can make fun of what I look like. I'll make fun of what you look like.
1: (laughs) Do you remember the first time you stitched a video?
2: Yeah, yeah. The first video well actually the first video that blew me up was not even a video of me stitching a man. It was um I did I, I stitched this girl. She said, um, what's a what's a very specific red flag in men that you have? Mm. And I made a whole list and then I it was like ten things and then I just went on the list. And they were very specific. Like I said, you know, if, if Wolf of Wall Street's your favorite movie of all time You wear a backwards hat in the pool, you got loyalty tattooed on your arm. Listen, I don't make the rules. I said one time's a coincidence, two times it's a pattern. You know what I mean? I'm not a scientist, but if you all do it, then what do you call that? Like a fact. That's what you call that. So (laughs) that was the first video I ever had that like took off. Like it it went super viral. And I had an influx of women and femmes and other people just being like, this is so funny. Like, oh my God, I, I dated someone who loved Tom Brady too and he was insane. And they they were just like, oh my God, I feel so seen by this list. It was just like, they loved it. And at the same time, I got like a whole wave of hate from men, <laughs> a very specific kind of man. Um, even some men that are verified that I think, don't think I remember that they commented on that. But like I said, as a Virgo, I never forget. Never forget, and I keep all receipts, always. <laughs> Remember that the next time you're right, hanging on my video. Uh, <laughs> but there are some men I've met in real life that I know don't like me, but are too scared to say it to me.
1: Ooh, so I love it.
2: Like who? Just, I'll tell you offline, Zach Sang.
1: <laughs> when you talk about if keeping you tell right, me one of yours, I'll tell you one of mine.
2: Oh, I love... Uh, well, online, I'll, you could tell me yours
1: if you want. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> I already, I already, I do control burns quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like
2: me for real. My
1: whole life is fighting fire with
2: fire. <laughs> no shit. Literally. Well, what is water? Uh, actually, though. No. Well, I was going to say, because this is
0: part of your career and like keeping receipts, do you actually like take screenshots, write things down so you can bring it back up later? Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. All the like, time. you have like a folder? I, 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 yes, I have multiple folders. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That is not a joke. I made a video once where this guy. Well I got I was getting tagged in this video and then it like disappeared typically when that happens they blocked me right um and then I have I have a burner <laughs> and I go I go and I look on my burner and I'm like they did block me they absolutely blocked me I figure it out and I screenshot those and I have them on my own phone and then um I remember one time this guy he made this horrible video about uh, fat women they always like they love to make fun of fat women because they're you know under five seven and uh when I was, Watching it, he made another video a year later. I'm not kidding. Almost to the day, a year later, made another video about fat women because that's just like his thing. And um, in the comments, someone tagged me and he wrote, you think I'm afraid of that fat bitch? Like something like that. And I'm like, I I said, why does this guy look familiar? So I go and look in my files. (laughs) And I found that he blocked me because he's a bitch. So then I stitched it and I said, so funny you say that because clearly you're afraid of me because you blocked me a year ago and you think I didn't remember. And he deleted that video, deleted a bunch of other videos, and he was like, I never said anything. I listen, He's just backpedal of the century.
1: And this is just a random man? Yeah,
2: just some random kid works at the fucking Regal Cinema probably. I, I don't know. <laughs> probably.
1: You literally give <laughs> keyboard warriors a run for their motherfucking money.
2: Yeah, I feel like I started a series on TikTok where, like, I just screenshot what they wrote and then I just screenshot what they look like and that's it. (laughs) And I just put a silly song in the background and I just let people see what they look like because I'm like, that's the guy. Yeah. No, that doesn't hurt my feelings. Is this? (laughs) No, it doesn't hurt my feelings when he calls me ugly. Mm.
1: Do you feel like you're doing some form of justice?
2: I think to an extent. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like, the impact that I have goes far beyond like sticking it to some random shithead on the internet. Oh, totally. It's more so I think, you know, just from what people have told me, like people who love me and they, they send me their messages of, of how my content has helped them and everything. I feel like it goes beyond just like being silly and funny. Like it's, it's taking power back. Like it's, it's telling them like, not only am I not going to deal with you being disrespectful, but I'm gonna be disrespectful back to you. And it's gonna, whatever it does to you, I don't care, right? Like, and I think that's the misconception about me is like when people are like, well, I just feel like she could be nicer. If you give me one example where you were nice to a misogynist and it helped, <laughs> let me fucking know, bitch. <laughs> well, let me know.
1: By the way, I, I you know, all I keep thinking, I'm very much a solutions-oriented mm-hmm. human being. Same. And I really do believe in a better universe for everybody. And I do believe that we can reach a -hmm. a society where talent is equally distributed, but opportunity isn't where education is fair and Mm -hmm. proper. And the best school districts from Beverly Hills are duplicated (laughs) in every zip code across the country.
2: Truly. Yeah.
1: It's like, how do you get to a place where morals exist and equality is possessed by everybody, no matter who they're looking at? It's education, dude. Truly. Actually, though. And I always make the the, the comparison of like, you're in a kitchen and it's flooding and there's feet of water in the fucking kitchen and literally the the, the sink is still going, right? There's Mm -hmm. still water coming out of the sink. What do you do? Do you take a bucket and start throwing water out of the fucking kitchen or do you go right to the source and fix it and then go to the fucking water that's overflowed?
2: Yeah, actually. You
1: got to fix education. Yeah. You need to be where parents can't be. You need to have... An understanding that, like, just because children are being told one thing in a home Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that it's right. Truly. So morals need to be implemented at school.
2: Yeah. And,
1: like, it's, like, it's really sad and it's really scary. But we'll get to a place where, like, I don't know. The genuine minority, like the minority of the minority of the minority of the minority are the white scumbags mm-hmm. that you end up stitching mm-hmm. on TikTok. Like, mm-hmm. I really think we can get there.
2: I, I think so, too. And I and you're right. It is a lack of education. It's in ignorance, whether mm-hmm. it's intentional or not. Um, is really not my fucking problem. Is what they're I not exposed
1: think. to it, right? No, and what truly. they're exposed to in their bubble is so fucking backwards and yeah. and generationally distorted and fucked up. Yeah. And they're not getting it where they should be getting it, which, you know, is at school and yeah. in culture and in what they're being fed in their algorithm, you know? Yeah,
2: it's just the most narrow scope yes. that they have. And, and they are void of intersectionality, like, mm-hmm. at all. And so, you know, I think that's the the key i think where they there's this misconception that they're like well why haven't you tried like talking to them blah 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 well first of all it doesn't fucking work believe it or not men who believe women are lesser than are not going to listen to women when they say hey you shouldn't do that <laughs> You're right. believe it or not but also like when speaking to your oppressor you have to speak in the language they understand a lot of times it's- dreaming of a better sleep tossing and turning is not your destiny This
0: episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on
1: Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics. And Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some
2: fetch surprises. Rated PG13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. It's violence, whether that's verbally, physically, whatever it may be. And there's thousands, hundreds of examples. To to prove that that it only works when you use force by whatever nature that means it's really specific to the person. So mine is force like it's like almost public humiliation and shame is the only thing that will make them stop. And it's not to say that it's going to change them because a lot of times it doesn't. Yeah, believe they double it or not. Down. Yeah, they'll they'll double down or they play the victim, which is so rich because they say <laughs> women can't take a joke. I have hundreds of, of examples to prove that men are just as incapable of taking jokes when they're at the butt of them, right? They just don't like that feeling. And it's kind of, it parallels with that study they did where they said like men and women, if you're just operating within a gender binary, they asked, they polled a bunch of men and women and asked them what their greatest fear is. Women, it's it's being murdered. Men is humiliation. <laughs> that's telling isn't yeah, it totally. because our priorities are very different so when i make my videos it's not to change them i don't give a fuck about them i don't know if that's clear or not by my <laughs> content i really don't care about you i don't care about your livelihood let alone your feelings but it's i i don't care to change them i care to shame them that's what i'm that's what my goal is is to put them if if you want to be a clown i'll give you the stage i'll pitch the tent and i'll give you the nose if you really want to be a clown i'll i'll give you the platform to be a clown publicly and turns out a lot of them don't really like to do that when they're being seen by millions of people which is crazy cuz if you talk crazy behind closed doors you should be confident enough to say it with your whole chest if i were to platform it publicly
1: the interesting thing on that study there's a bunch of things but mm-hmm. like the two fears are connected yeah I think men feeling humiliated leads to the fear of women being murdered. Yeah. And I think men feeling humiliated is a generational problem and a societal mm-hmm. problem that stems back literally hundreds of mm-hmm. years.
2: And it's all it's all tied together. That's oh, what I try yes. to tell people all the time. It's like all of it is so like I kicked a completely different hornet's nest once because I stitched this dude that was talking about, you know, taking a woman out of her feminine era and putting her in her masculine era. And I, I personally believe that's veiled misogyny because it is the yeah. way that they describe it, the attributes that you attribute to male and feminine energies. First of all, you can't. Who first of all, gender, gender's not real. How the fuck are you gonna gender energy? You can't. Like gender's <laughs> not. Hey guys, gender's not real. Uh, we made it up. And that's another thing that I, sometimes I tell people. I'm like, you guys wonder why I don't do educational TikToks. You guys aren't ready for the conversation yeah. sometimes, especially men. The men that hate me. they are not ready for the conversation because like gender being is a construct that was created. It's a a consequence of colonization of white supremacy because my own culture included did not adhere to a gender binary prior to being colonized. So uh, that's why I say like once colonization happened, all of a sudden we have male, female, man, woman, right? you cook, I go to work and make money. And so I I told them, I really don't like this kind of thinking because it's veiled misogyny. And I feel like men like that are far more dangerous than like a lunkhead who's like, lose weight fatty. Like that guy, like he's easy pickings. You could pick him out of a lineup. It's super easy. Men who say things like, well, I just want to take you out of like this. I don't want you to feel like you have to be so masculine all the time. That's misogyny, but it's hidden. It's like, it's so deeply ingrained whether they know they're doing it or not. It's a trick. And so that's why I feel like I have to tell women, like, don't fall for that bullshit.
1: It's misogyny. But, like, colonization turns to commercialization, which is what perpetuates genders to begin with, right? Because, yeah, 100%, 100%, 100%. Yeah. And when you go back to, like, why that guy was even saying that to begin with, it's a society, it's a capitalistic, Mm -hmm. it's a commercialization problem that's been implemented since the second... All of us, by the way, have been able to even retain what we're looking at.
2: No, actually. And that's why I've talked... Sometimes when I talk about stuff like that and I get a little more detailed... Uh, people are like, you're actually like a lot smarter than I thought you were. And that's why I'm like, just because I make silly, goofy jokes and I tell men to eat my shit doesn't mean that I'm a dumb bitch. But that's another reason why I said, see, that's misogyny, is assuming that I'm just stupid because I, I cuss and make fun of men when, and tell them to suck my wiener.
1: Like, when the reality is what you're doing is actually dumb. D- Creating dumbing down the conversation so you can yeah. relate to them and so they can understand it.
2: Yeah, it's it's to like make it more palatable yes. and, and and enjoyable and entertaining, right? Because um, there are far more educated people than me on TikTok that their whole platform is educating people on the consequences of white supremacy and colonization, which I follow a ton of them, and that that helps foster my learning too. And I always tell people it's like learning is free, unlearning is also free. It's hard. Like I've talked about when I went on. Emily Ratajkowski's podcast, I talked about unpacking your own internalized misogyny. Like, we all have it. It's by no fault of our own. So I said on hers, and I'll say it here too, it's not your fault if you're born that way, like, or born into that, but it is your fault if you die that way. Like, with those same beliefs. It's true. It's up to you to unpack them. That's our, I think, a job. It's like our duty as citizens, contributing people to society.
1: I agree, but I also think it takes people like you and others (laughs) in society to even host the conversation to begin with, because I think yeah. a lot of people may not even know that they're carrying this around internally and they're unaware of their actions.
2: Yeah, that's true too. And and I've had quite a few people of all gender identifying on the spectrum, like tell me that you really helped me unpack some stuff that I feel like I still held, which I didn't intentionally want to hold, but I realized through watching your videos, why it's problematic, why I should, you know, educate myself a little bit more Um, even when I talked about the energy thing, I talked about how men are like, oh, I just want to take care of you. And some women took that as like, oh, you, you hate when women want to be stay at home moms, which I'm like, how did you get from that point? I never said that. And I said, I don't care if you want to, if you want to be a stay at home mom, by all means, I think that's a job in it of itself. It's just a much harder job than I have. I could tell you that much. Mm -hmm. But I talked about how like women who, who choose to do that by their own volition, that's great women who fall into that because their male partners are like, well, I want to take care of you. That's different. Right. And I just said, as long as you're choosing to do it on your own accord, like it's consensual by all means, bitch go off. You know what I mean? I don't care what you want to do. That's the whole point of my platform. I want you to be free to do whatever you want to do without the opinions of men who don't matter, like factoring in at all to your decisions. And I feel like, I even talked about how like men like that who say that shit ask them how they feel about women who primarily date for money who only date for money because something tells me they don't like women like that but they're so like oh women should be at home that's women falling into their gender role literally they're staying home staying cute staying fit right and being arm candy and they just want you to give them ten thousand dollars a month right that's what they want and men hate that too because i've stitched hundreds of men who said that to gold Air. you know what i mean it's like you can't win there's no winning with men like that
1: god if you do not want a partner who has the ability to make their own decisions and be independent Truly. then you are a flawed human being that <laughs> is wishing for a really wretched reality for yourself and no, for those no. around you because ultimately Holding somebody back from accomplishing what their full potential could be creates this intense disdain Mm -hmm. that is going to seep through in everything that you do. Mm -hmm. By trying to make somebody fit a mold that you've created without their consent or Mm -hmm. through just manipulation is, you know what you're going to do? You're going to ruin your life and the person you're fucking with. Yeah, actually. And then you're going to lead to divorce ruining your fucking kids' lives.
2: It's it's just such a... It just goes down. It trickles down. It affects everybody. And by the, the
1: way, run. if you're that asshole who wants somebody to like, you want to just take care of somebody, then you should be looking at women who are only looking to date for money.
2: Yeah. Your
1: priorities are aligned. That's why I said
2: if that's what you want, there's Great. plenty of me- uh, women who want that. Like, And then it works. That's why I'm like, you know what's crazy is like we have free will so we can do whatever we want <laughs> for the most part. But, like, we can make our own choices. So if you're a woman who only wants to date for money, by all means, bitch. And then if you're a man who has a lot of money and wants someone to to wait on and dote on and, like, spoil, by all means, there's plenty of them. That's why I always think men who complain about gold diggers, they have no gold. They have <laughs> yeah. no money. Yeah. What are you worried about? You're worried about other men's money? That's crazy. Yeah, Stack your own bread before you worry about somebody else's. Oh, that's humil- crazy.
1: Humiliation.
2: Yeah, well, that's, I can't tell you how many how <laughs> many men I've stitched that are like, see, this is why you got to worry about these gold what, show me a W2 I want to see how much money you made last year And I'll tell you If you should be worried about gold diggers bitch Don't worry about it I promise you're okay You're safe Don't worry <laughs> Women like that only date Like it's high echelon men Like top tier Like money you would never even be You can't even think of the number You can't even imagine the number And like women only date men like that So they're not looking at you Working at Jiffy Lube Like I promise you're good I promise you're safe <laughs> man works at pavilions and he's like, I got to make sure I do a prenup. Don't worry. You can't even afford the lawyer that would have to draft the prenup. Relax.
1: You're fine. Nobody's stalking you out. No,
2: I promise you're okay. Like, nobody's casing
1: the local grocery store. You know what's
2: so funny? Even when I was in college before this industry, (laughs) I ran in so many circles with women who dated the richest, like Mm. most like privileged, like talented men in the world. And they were a regular girl, like 19, 20 years old, who were just like, I just kind of want to go on a really fancy dinner. Just get online. Turns out men are easy. Men Mm. are so easy to get their attention, especially men with means. So they were dating. Believe it or not, women know who has money and who doesn't. (laughs) Believe it or not. So you're okay, I promise. <laughs> They're so worried. They're so worried.
1: What what sacrifices? You, what were you about to say?
2: <laughs> no, I was just
0: wondering if you've ever regretted anything you've said online or stitched and said about someone um, or felt bad
1: afterwards.
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, about the men The men that I've stitched, no.
1: Do you vet them before you choose <laughs> yeah, to them? Yeah, I do.
2: I do vet them. Um, I will say one time one time I did make fun of a dude, but it wasn't on TikTok. I like, he wrote like a mean comment on one of my things. And turns out I misunderstood the meanness, I guess. And I apologized to him. I was like, my bad dude. Like, and he was like, no, it's okay. And he said, sorry to me too. He's like, I'm sorry. I wrote that. Like I get why you misinterpreted it. And we squashed it.
1: We love civil dif- discourse. Right.
2: Yeah. And I publicly posted it too. So it wasn't anything private, but I did post like, Hey man, like, or Hey all, like I made a mistake. Um, And he made a mistake and we both, we met in the middle and we both deleted the comments and stuff. So like, that's really the only thing I've ever been where I'm like, ah, like I misread it, Mm -hmm. but you know, I can't interpret tone or anything through comments, but I feel like I'm a lot more careful now, um, who I sitch like and all that stuff. Cause you just gotta be aware of like who they are. And there are some men I like who have said like truly heinous, awful things about me that I choose not to talk about at all because I... Just feel like there's another level to it that I'm not willing to touch. And I'm like, you can oh. scream into the void about me. That's fine. I don't, I don't want to involve myself with that because, yeah.
0: Jeez. I just feel like there's probably a bunch of guys now that want to get your attention. So they say ridiculous shit, hoping you'd stitch them.
2: Oh, yeah. All the time. They tag me themselves sometimes. And it's they're like, like nah, they're like, up, come life. and get me fatty. And I'm like, views are low. <laughs> the views are low They're coming Wandering into my den Trying to poke a bear You know what I mean Like they're like mm, I'm bored uh, Those men I intentionally Don't stitch either Because I'm like You I don't I don't stitch men who beg me So relax Get off your knees It's okay <laughs>
1: What sacrifices Have you had to make To like Build this Path that you're currently on
2: Um I'd say the biggest one is probably just privacy, like uh, any sense of boundary. I've been like talking about this in therapy, me just constantly referencing therapy. Um, my therapist watches this. I I feel like my my idea of boundaries, my understanding of them was like, because I'm so confrontational and I'm so like upfront about my feelings and I'm very upfront about if something upsets me or bothers me, and I always have been, I feel like I associated that with boundaries. Like I'm like, oh, I'm so good at holding boundaries, which I am to an extent. I'm I'm a, I'm really good at boundaries to an extent, but like when it comes to my platform, when it comes to people who love me, I'm not very good at holding boundaries. Um, especially when I'm uncomfortable um in public and I feel like my boundaries are being crossed, I I never really say anything which I would say is the biggest sacrifice, which sounds like, oh, I'm so like, oh my God, I'm in my house, I work from home. But like, I'm. it's not hard being an influencer, is not hard, please don't misconstrue what I'm saying. I think that there's like a price you pay. It's a very small one compared to other jobs that you could have. But um, the, the price that you pay to do this for a living, I had many jobs. I had so many jobs prior to like doing this. I was a very, very, very normal person prior to this happening to me. So- no amount of jobs you could ever have can prepare you for the things that you struggle with when you have this job. Like it's very different, which is why I think it's important as a creator to make other friends who are creators to kind of lean on each other and, and ask for advice. And like I've asked for so much advice from other creators that I admire and look up to and have been in the game for so long because there are some things I just can't. I don't I don't know how to handle like I just don't know because I've never done this before it's like It's so different and so my family too is they're learning as it learning as you go
1: because it's more It's it affects more than just you.
2: Yeah It's everybody safety as a whole I think is a big sacrifice that I've had to make But when my platform really started blowing up um, I had a very serious conversation with my boyfriend with my family about what it means and what happens next, you know? Like how comfortable are we um, being a front-facing family? Like how comfortable are we using our first and last names? Like it's too late for me, but like, you know, uh, you know, how comfortable do we feel with this? Because I, the thing I would never want is my family to ever feel forced into being public, into being a public-facing family, because I would never want like that to bleed into my relationships with my family, because we're all so close. So I feel like having that conversation was really important because this life isn't for everyone. Like there are some people who just like, I would never, they would never, ever, ever want to be an influencer, famous, celebrity, whatever you want to call it. So, I mean, I would say that's probably the biggest sacrifice I've had to make.
1: I mean, you're also talking about like real topics consistently. Yeah. You're talking about things that really touch people's core. Yeah. And I I just want to highlight like, you know, when, and you do it from a personal vantage point you do have the ability to, like, do you touch pop, like, like not pop culture, but news, right? You'll, like, talk about shit that's going on?
2: Yeah, I do. I, I have quite a few times. I use my platform as frequently as I can, especially I try to use it, too, as carefully as I can so as I'm not overstepping in that's, spaces. I try to be as cognizant as possible um, to where I can be best used as an ally or as a front-facing huh? voice. Um, it really just depends, but... You know, I've been very vocal about certain things and that I believe in, that I feel is important. Like I'm wearing a sweater from Change today that says, "At night, I thank God for trans women." Period. <laughs> uh, which, which I personally do. Um, which we love. But I think there's certain things that I make sure that I'm vocal about, but I'm not too overzealous and like overstepping or or overshadowing
1: other voices, if that makes sense. No, hundred percent. Yeah. Do you feel like you made your dad proud?
2: I think so. I think my whole family has been just unbelievably supportive of everything, and they're so proud. but I think, um when I got the billboard for the comment section um you know in of fucking like the ten, I think it is I me mean, not even knowing where it is. It's huge um, It's on the reef, yeah, it's like that the three thing billboard um that made my family very emotional when we went and saw it because I'm an indigenous person, so I'm someone that's my dad's last name. Like seeing my dad's last name like up there is like crazy. And I don't think my dad ever thought that we would, he knew we would accomplish great and wonderful things, but I don't think he ever thought that we would be able to platform our name like that. And like last names are a big deal in our community. And so, you know, having, having my last name and being proud of it and, and being able to show it and show that I'm like a proud someone woman is like the best feeling in the world. So I'd say he's pretty proud of me. Yeah.
1: So, to a certain degree, we've accomplished some of the unfinished business that we Absolutely. were looking to do.
2: You want to know something funny? When I got fired from the NFL, um, my dad was the first person I talked to because, like, I tried to call my mom. She didn't answer. I tried to call my sister. She didn't answer. So, I was like, fine, I'll call my dad. i call my dad. And I, I tell him what happened. The first thing he said to me was, congratulations. Because <laughs> my dad knew I was miserable. I was so unhappy. My whole family did. And then he was like, what do you mean? It's like the best day ever. And he's all, like, well, now two of us have been fired. From <laughs> Which I'm like, twin. <laughs> they really don't want us over there. So, all right, I'll take the hint. It's, so, it's fine. She's it's fine. fine. Trust me, I'm doing much better. <laughs> so I'm very thankful that I got fired. So.
1: Do you understand the parasocial relationship between people and those they view on the internet? Do you feel like you want to understand do, it?
2: I, I will. I do understand it. Um. I get it to an extent, but I don't feel like. I mean, I was a big fangirl too. Like, I was like a diehard Jonas Brother fan. I had a question about that. Oh my gosh, You're, please. You roast
0: short guys all the time. I Jonas know, and they're,
2: and they're teeny, teeny, tiny. Yeah. They're teeny, teeny, <laughs> tiny, tiny, teeny. And that's okay. It's okay. For them, it's okay. And, and Sophie Turner is tall. Like, and she's yes. my tall queen, my queen of the north. But um, that's why I say. My short guy jokes are only applicable to men who fucking suck. And that's why (laughs) the only men who get offended are men who fucking suck. Like that's it's true. Like it's so funny because we my boyfriend and I have a friend and he's very, very, very normal. Works a normal job. He's like super cool guy. Very, very funny. Normal as hell. But he no, he I never realized how tall he was because he's not the worst does that make sense i never realized how short he's like five six five five Mm -hmm. and he's told me like i'm fucking short and i'm like are you like because i i'm not kidding i spent a lot of time with this dude i stand next to him all the time i never realized and he mind you has no problem with women none at all he's fighting them off with a stick like he's drowning in puss all the time no matter where we go because he doesn't give a shit it's not like a big part of his personality like your height does not become a factor until you become the worst Mm. then i'm gonna be mean to you about how tall you are because if you're awful or you're and at the same time your eye level with my nipples we i'm not letting you raise your voice to me like no 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 because according to these like and that's the same thing with men i make fun of is like they are so hard pressed about these beauty standards and inflicting them and, and imposing them on women when they themselves don't even meet them. Oh, yeah. According to a male beauty standard, like you're supposed to have hair till you die and you're supposed to be over 5'11". But none of them are. And yet they're still inflicting all of these harsh standards on women. They're like, well, you can't be fat. and You can't be this. and You can't be that. And then I'm like, well, then you can't be short. And they're like, well, see, too far. <laughs> We've gone too far. See, it's too far now. See, now you're just mean. The goalposts always move. You know what I
1: mean? And it all stems from humiliation. It all it stems does. from- It's all
2: the same. And again, beauty standards are, they're Eurocentric in their very nature. <coughs> they're born out of white supremacy. Like mm-hmm. That's why I said the call's coming from inside the house. Like if you're mad, take it up with your ancestors. I don't know, get a Ouija board. Ask them why they did that. Like, I don't know. I don't know why your ancestors did that because those aren't the beauty standards in my culture. You know what I mean? Like what's beautiful in my culture is not what's what the American beauty standards are. Right. So like we have very different perspectives of what's beautiful. And I think that beauty is like subjective. It's like specific to the person who the attractiveness depends on you. Right. Totally. And
1: I I would love to live in a world where beauty was defined more just less based on appearance and more based on quality of human.
2: No, truly. And a lot of times that does have a lot to do with it. Like I did a video recently because this guy was like, these are double standards of women. Like he's saying all this misogynistic shit. And he's like, well, if I do this, then then I can't have a girlfriend. If I do this, then I'm misogynistic. And I was like, or you suck. Like if you're single and you have all of these wonderful, like you're tall, you have great hair, you have money, you're in shape, and you're still single, ask yourself why. Like the list is really short if you mm. think about it. Like it's you, like it's your yeah. it's your personality. Like I think it's when you open your mouth, people are upset. That's probably why. Yeah,
1: but that same person is convincing themselves that they're the one who doesn't want a relationship.
2: Exactly. And they're also, they're convincing themselves that they're not the problem. Yeah, 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 totally. Like, self-confidence is important, but self-awareness is much more useful in the world, I feel like. Ah. So it's important to be confident, but it's also important to be aware of, like, what you say and how it impacts people and how your your presence impacts people. Like, if when when people say, like, oh, so-and-so's coming and everyone goes, ugh. Is that the guy you want to be? Like, you want to be the guy that's like a chore to hang out with? No. And then they wonder, like, well, women don't like me probably because they're a bunch of whores. That's like what they <laughs> think in their head. Instead of being like, maybe I'm insufferable. Like, maybe I'm just so unpleasant to be around.
1: Maybe I, I'm the problem.
2: Maybe I'm the problem. Ask Taylor Swift. She said it. But that's another thing, too. It's like he like, of, of all the things you're like, well, why don't people like me? I don't know. Maybe it's you. I don't know. Then I think, like, do you know how many, there are so many short men, there are so many, like, ugly men, there's so many broke men who have relationships that are filled with love and totally. support and empathy. And you're amazing and awesome and don't have one?
1: It's you. That's a problem, babe. How'd you f- meet your boyfriend?
2: High school. Well, we met in high school, didn't date in high school. So we've known each other for, like, 15 years, almost 15 years. Yeah, but we've only been dating for six, so we're going on seven.
1: Well, wait, so were you friends the whole time or what?
2: Yeah, yeah, we were friends. Like, we were cool in high school. Like, we ran in the same social circle, I would say. But we never dated in high school.
1: Did you lose touch post high school and then come back together?
2: No, not even. Like, we would get, we would get like lunch, like, fucking colleagues, like, once a year. (laughs) I'd come home from school because he went to college locally. And I went to school in Hawaii. So, like, I lived in Hawaii for, like, six years. And when I went, lived out there, I would come home, and then we would get, like, lunch or breakfast, and then we'd be like, see you next year. Like, we wouldn't even <laughs> see good, good handshake. Yeah, like a way. firm business handshake, <laughs> and then we'd leave. Like So we were just buddies for a long time. And then when I graduated from high school, or from college, when I graduated from college and I moved home, Um, that's when he hit me up like, oh, we should get lunch. And I'm like, "Mm." and then I was like, okay, fine. And then we got lunch and then jokes on me. I'm in love now. So (laughs) he really got
1: me. (laughs) And that was in 2017.
2: Yes. Yes. That's when we started dating. So that's, it's been a long time. I know you talk about this online
0: sometimes. Like, why do you think people always ask, like, are you getting married?
2: Oh yeah. I mean, because again, I mean, How annoying is it, but like patriarchal, yeah. yeah, it's, because I feel like men too, like, it's like goes in waves, like they're like, this fat bitch probably single, wrong. Well, her boyfriend's probably ugly, wrong. Well, her boyfriend's probably short, also wrong. And then they're like, well, still hasn't married you yet. I'm like, well, okay, you got me there, <laughs> right? Oh, man, you got me on the ropes, man. What am I going to do? Um, But I'm like, I don't want to get married right now. Because I have a lot of things like Virgo on on a list that I want to check off before I get married. And weddings are expensive too. Mm-hmm. And like the wedding that I'm dreaming up, like we're both someone, I got a big ass family. So like I, yeah, it's
1: expensive. we're looking
2: at a lot of people coming <laughs> to that wedding. And now, I, and I have a ton of friends that I would want there too. And like, I don't want my parents to have to pay for it either. I want to pay for it. So I just feel like. We could get married now, but, like, why?
0: Yeah, when the time is right.
2: Yeah, when the time's right, it's right, and we'll do it then. We have, like, tangible items on a list we want to cross out um, before. Like what? Well, I want to buy my parents a home. That's um, I want really to buy cool. his parents a home. I'm, like, nah, halfway there. Uh, and there's, like, a lot of things I want to establish. Like, I really want to plant roots kind of thing, and then yeah. I want to uh, get married. But also, planning a wedding takes a long time. And I feel like I'm so busy right now, like now's just not the time to do that. But we have no qualms about getting married. We're absolutely getting married. He told me he wanted to marry me like three months into dating. We weren't even official yet. So he's like, Mom I'm for sure gonna marry you And I was like, Period. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Period. <laughs> uh,
2: so that's I think people are just like, Get married, you guys have been together for a million years, but Even when I posted a video, like responding to that, there were so many women in my comments that were like, I was with my, I was with my boyfriend for like 10 years before we got married because it's just like, even my parents, like my parents had my sister and I and still weren't married. And my, that was my mom's choice. Like my mom was like, I don't want you to marry me just because we have children together. I want you to marry me because you want to marry me, not because we have kids. Like that's no reason to get married and I feel like that's another reason why I have that mentality because I'm like, we're not in a rush. And when the time is right, it's right. If we'll do it, we'll do it.
1: Why Why would you rush something like that? And that's also you don't need marriage to make a lifelong commitment no, to somebody. No, truly.
2: Like that's another thing too. Like some people don't even never want to get married yeah. and, that's, and that's fucking cool too. And I don't blame you. And my boyfriend uh, and I really want to marry each other, but just because we just love each other so much we just want to make the commitment to each other but you don't need a paper and a ring to do that and we've proven that so fuck yeah Yeah. I mean
1: I'm totally gonna get married but you don't need (laughs) to get married you need to find someone first (laughs) I'll find
2: you someone Zach
1: you think? yeah Somebody.
2: I'm such a great wingman
1: really I mean uh, honestly I'm not joking like set me up
2: I'm not joking either bitch (laughs) I'm not
1: joking bitch please I'll for sure do it I'm genuinely I'm not like to say desperate would probably be accurate, actually. Um, I
2: don't want to say desperate,
1: but desperate.
2: <laughs> but I am. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Eager. Yeah, looking, actively looking. <laughs>
2: eager and actively. Yeah, looking. just
1: out there, just. I love that. Mm-mm. Let's do it. I'm mm. such a
2: good matchmaker. Prove it. <laughs> okay. Okay. He said, "Prove it." I will.
1: By the way, we're gonna put a link in the description below so you can subscribe to your Spotify exclusive podcast. <laughs> the comment section—that is a big nope. deal, right?
2: Yeah, it's a huge deal. I feel like. We worked on it for so long like the deal you know it's like you guys know it's like it's so tedious in the yeah. interim you're like oh my god, how exciting but you won't see the like results of it to like months down mm-hmm. the line so i think we worked on this deal for like six months wow. and then um once it really started rolling out like spotify is incredible like they're such a great team and um everything that they had planned and rolled out for me and like we had like a little refresh of like you know the artwork and everything And it was so seamless and it went so, like, the transition was so perfect. I couldn't have asked for a better team. So once it started rolling out and I saw, like, the billboard and stuff, I was like, I think this is kind of a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) It is. (laughs) Which it is. So um, very exciting. Yeah. It's been really fucking cool lately. I'm super excited about it.
1: And from here, Mm -hmm. the sky's the limit, sister. Yeah. And a book.
2: And a book. Uh, The book is big. Yeah, the book is... The book is crazy because my manager um, was like, "I think you should write a book." He spends way too much time with me. Uh, he hears me talk all the time. I feel sorry for him, him and my agent. And um, he was like, "I think you should write a book." And I was like, "You think?" Because I I feel like I have like little quips and isms and stuff, but like he's like, "No, I think you have something bigger and greater to offer the world, and a book is the way that you do that." And he's he's like, "Let me let me like." Uh, set up some meetings and stuff. So I had a couple of meetings uh, with uh, literary agents and the literary agents I have now are incredible. It's like so amazing. And, um, it's funny cause they tell you like, you know, um, the early stages of a book and stuff, it's a slow, it could be a really slow process. Like it can be a slow when they get to the point of like buying and shopping it around and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like, I don't know anything. So I'm, I'm cool either way. Um, and that was probably in around like August, September, Uh, by December, I had like almost 30 meetings with people who wanted to buy it. (laughs) And,
1: um. You had to write a certain amount first or what'd you do?
2: Yeah, we, you put together like a proposal. So it's almost like a chapter and like an overview of what the book is going to be about. It's like comes in a pretty little package and you kind of like shop it around. That's like kind of how the process works. And, um, I had like 25 meetings. I was in New York for like a week and I. Sick. Met with a bunch of different publishers and they were all amazing. Um, and then I, you know, we ended up partnering with uh, Questlove and his new imprint, which is just, an, just crazy. It's crazy to think about. He is a genius, like a mm-hmm. literal genius actually, but also he's so business savvy. He's so like, he's just so far ahead of everybody. Like everything he sees, like the vision he has is incomparable. And I feel like, I love to surround myself with people like that who make me want to level up and get better and evolve. And he's already there. So like, I'm like just trying to catch up with him. <laughs> so the fact that he was interested in, the, in at, at all was such an honor, but um, yeah, getting to partner with him. What is, is
1: like, What crazy. a great collaborator. Yeah. And, and just, something new for him, new for you, but yeah. also fucking cool.
2: It's so, it's so fucking cool. Like, and he came to the meetings and I sat <laughs> with him and he talked to me a lot about, why he liked my my uh proposal like what he saw for me like and he told me like i think one of the things he mentioned was like he's like i like that you're so you're a disruptor like you're someone who who no one's ever seen before who's done something completely different and and you're making a name for yourself and that's what i like about you and i was like period he uh <laughs> someone's gonna make you feel smart it's quest love he made me feel really smart um and so i think with him being um, part of my book publishing process is just like such a fucking honor. Like it's just insane. So, and um, it's this brand new imprint and it's just really, oh my gosh, such an honor.
1: You are a disruptor though. Trying. You disrupt by, like, shining a very intense light on truth. Yeah. And you do it in a way that's palatable for everybody. (laughs) Thank you. It's really cool. Thank you. I'm trying, man. (laughs) It's a slow and steady process. It is, yeah. And with every video you post, you reach new people, you educate people, and we move a little bit further in the right direction.
2: I think so. I think, too, right right before I got signed to an agency, I already had the platform. I had, like, over a million at that point, but I... Had no real interest from agencies or anything like that. I didn't have any brands or anything. I was just making content. And I remember telling my boyfriend, I was like, I was really nervous because I was like, what if I, I mean, I love doing this. And I told him, this is like a passion of mine now. But I feel like, what if brands never want to work with me because I'm so controversial? Right? They, they, (laughs) They see me as such a controversial creator because I stitch terrible things and I say mean shit and, you know. I just was afraid that no one was ever going to want to work with me, but I'm I'm unwilling to compromise who I am because again I'm a Virgo and I know it all, but also like I just like don't feel like I should have to shrink myself in order to like be no brand friendly right because I'm super not brand friendly at all, and um my boyfriend told me he's like well I mean like do you want to work with brands that wouldn't want to work with you if they found what you did controversial because what you're doing is not controversial, and I was like. Not you being smarter than me. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> um and so I was like, nah, you right, you right, no, you're right. I was just like down bad for a second, but I'm okay. And um literally a month later I got signed. And then like three months after that, I grew like two million in one month, and then I grew three million and then and then everything and then i got my show and then it's just i get all unraveled all at once so i'm just glad i like stuck the course studied the yeah, course but
1: but but stay on that course and yeah. i think it's gonna get harder and harder for you <laughs> yeah. to like not compromise exactly who you are to fit molds that are presented to you but yeah. ultimately like being exactly who you are is exactly why people watch and relate to you and listen yeah. to you and it's exactly why you're here and yeah. it's working and the second you deviate from that like they know. Everybody's going to know. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's going to take time. It's going to be a gradual change, but you're going to see it in the data, right? Yeah. You're going to like lie to yourself about it. But like, yeah. no, nah, I'm telling you. Yeah. Being exactly who you are, changing for no one, unless mm-hmm. it's a change that you feel is right for you. It's a part yeah. of your organic evolution as a yeah. person.
2: Yeah.
1: As Drew Afualo, <laughs> you shouldn't do it. Only if you yeah. feel like it's exactly what you're meant to be doing, oh
2: my gosh, thank you, Zach Singh. I appreciate you <laughs>
1: <laughs> well I appreciate you I, I just when people come when you meet people who are just so effortlessly themselves and that 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 has the ability to transcend mediums and really penetrate the consciousness and really have an impact like yeah the fame that comes along with that can jeopardize exactly who you are yeah but jeopardizing exactly who you are can ultimately jeopardize what you've built and why you're there
2: no truly i feel i feel that's probably not to loop it back to the beginning but i i feel like that's a big reason too why i keep my family so close to me i was yes. yeah and i've also made it a point too to like uh because i've gotten a lot of offers for like reality tv um because my like personality is so like that Right, Right. they're like put her on reality TV,
1: and your family's big. Yeah, there's there's a thousand different storylines. Yeah,
2: exactly. And I've made it a point to say no, and I've told them like my family dynamic, like my interpersonal relationships with my family, how we are at home. That's the last thing I have. Like I have nothing left. I've I've given all of myself. I give so much of myself publicly, like to to my fans, to other people, to the shows, like everything. I give so much of myself. I feel like that's the one thing I have left that that is normal. Like that makes me feel normal. That makes me feel like a regular human Um, as cheesy as that sounds. Um, So I've always been like, no, I have no interest in reality TV because I, I don't know. I just don't, I just want to, if I'm at home, I want to be at home. You know what I mean? And I I don't want to feel like (laughs) I have to be on or perform or. But you, you, don't need, and funny.
1: you don't need that to build fame or notoriety or <laughs> no, community truly, yeah. or financially. Like That's like, you don't need that.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's why it's like, it's that's, one of those things that's like, could I do it? Yeah. But should I do it? No.
1: Sis, it's the lowest hanging fruit. Anybody, yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, walk- and it's
2: hard to get away from reality TV, I feel like, too. Once you, once you start, you can't stop. And so I, I don't want to open that door ever. But I love that my, my family keeps me so humble, bitch. It's not even funny. Like, it's not even funny. My brother is in school still and he like told me, oh, yeah, some girl was talking about you or talking about TikTok. And I was like, my sister has a TikTok. Mind you, I'm well into my career at this point. And this was like last year. And then uh, I go, oh, really? And he goes, yeah, I told her like, oh, my sister has a TikTok. And she goes, oh, what's her name on TikTok? Like her handle. He goes, I don't know. (laughs) And I'm like, it's my first and last name. And then he goes, how was I supposed to know that? I'm like, fuck, I don't know. Fuck me, I guess. Jesus Christ. Even my grandpa, like my grandpa, I talked to him about TikTok. And he's like, your mom tells me you're like making videos. And I'm like, yeah. He goes, on TikTok? I go, yeah. He goes, I have a TikTok. I'm like, oh, word. What are you watching there? He goes, ah, just random stuff. And I go, he goes, yeah, but your mom tells me he's doing really well. I'm like, yeah, I think so. And then he goes, I haven't watched any of it. (laughs) I go, why not? And he goes, I don't need to see all that, girl. What? <laughs> but you're already on TikTok. That's how I was like, oh, so you're actively choosing not to watch me? Okay, got it. You're avoiding. I thought you didn't have, yeah. yeah,
0: you're avoiding me on purpose. No,
2: got it. Okay, for sure. I thought it was something bad, but no, for sure. Someone was like, oh, does he just not have TikTok because he's old? I'm like, no, bitch, he has TikTok. He just, like, doesn't watch me. Like, he chooses not to watch me. He doesn't want
1: his his version of you to be tainted by the he's TikTok version. He's literally person. like,
2: I don't need to see all that. I'm all, what the, what's all that? What do you mean by that? He's like, ah, just, you know. Ah. You know how old men just be like, ah. Yeah. They just say noises, and you're like, no, for sure. Cool. <laughs>
1: got to, got to, got sure. to okay cool yeah, for
2: sure uh, yeah my sister told me i posted a video the other day my sister goes man that was the funniest one you posted in a while <laughs> i post every day
1: what do you mean by that <laughs> how long is a while oh six what months. do you mean by that she goes the funniest
2: one i've seen in a while i'm like oh, okay no for sure <laughs> for sure so i'll never get a big head in my own family that's for
1: sure that's for damn sure yeah, but that's i mean it's healthy and exactly what you want
2: that's what i need i need it i need it so desperately i like i crave it almost um my mom too my mom's so real my mom will tell me the realest shit ever like uh i auditioned for something i can't say what it is but i auditioned for something and they said can she sing and i said no right (laughs) no she can't uh but she's very interested and they were like okay um and then fast forward six months later they send me the audition materials they're like oh I need this by Friday it's Wednesday I need it by Friday also I need you to sing one minute acapella girl what the fuck I told you I can't sing and I was like all right fine no for sure I can't sing bitch like at all like that's one of the things me being a Virgo and I'm like if I watch someone rock climb like bare knuckle rock climb I'd be like I could do that singing I'm like I can't do that that's like the one thing I know for a fact I can't do and that's okay I'm okay with that I've made my peace with it so I I asked one of my cousins to help me because he's a really talented singer. I'm like, help me out, yeah? And he's like, yeah, no, for sure. And so he's he's like, I'll just record you every time. And I'm like, cool. And he's recording me. And then he sometimes would be like, okay, we're going to stop. That was really bad. That was really bad. I was like, okay, cool. And when I told my mom, because she said she could hear me, she goes, it wasn't that bad. It sounded actually okay. I was like, oh, slay. Oh, period, bitch, because my mom would tell me if I was god-awful. She'd be like, I hated that, but I love your confidence. (laughs) Like, that's what my mom would tell me if I was terrible, (laughs) which is okay. I feel like you need that, especially as an influencer.
1: Did you get the
0: part?
2: I don't know yet. Oh, wow. Something tells me I sent that, and they blocked me. But
0: Are you going to star alongside The Rock in the live-action Moana?
2: I don't know, but if they are interested, girl, (laughs) hit my line. I will be in there. I'll be a background character, bitch. I don't care. I'll literally be the boat she stands on and sails the oceans. I will lay in the water. I don't care what it is. Make me the hook, like literally that the rock holds. Please, God, I'll do anything. I'll let li- someone, oh my God, this is not a joke. Someone literally wrote into my Two Idiot Girls podcast. They were like, You should play the grandma. Girl, what the fuck? <laughs> How old do you think I am? He saw love grandma Tala, but she's old like she's a grandma what the fuck I'm not even 30 yet my fans are my biggest ops sometimes
1: they keep you humble <laughs> they really
2: do sometimes people ask me like oh have men who hate you said anything ever that's that kind of stuck with you and i said one time one guy did but it wasn't even a hater of mine like he just like made a comment because like someone tweeted about me and it was a nice tweet Twitter's rancid, but it was a nice tweet. She loves me. But she screenshot a really terrible picture of me. And he called me something. It was like a Yu-Gi-Oh card. It was like pot of greed. And I looked Fuck. look it up if you want. But I looked it up in the screenshot in that pot of greed thing, I was like, damn, you kinda got me. That one will stick with me. And it has. It was almost two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see? Like the picture that she screenshots oh I, I to looked see. just like that thing and I was like, You really got me there. But he wasn't even like trying to be mean, I think he was just like pot of grief, which but is even worse. <laughs> yes. That's it's almost worse. Yeah, like someone who's like has no investment but is like, hey, you're a big fucko, by the way. <laughs> Anyways, go back to their daily life. Girl. I
1: just gave you 0.1 seconds of my <laughs> No existence truly, to tell you no that. truly. Yeah.
2: Like my own my own fans though are the funniest. They say the funniest shit. They're sometimes funnier than me. Um, but sometimes they, they send me love and it doesn't feel like love. <laughs> like they say things like, oh my God, like <laughs> I had one girl, I tell this story all the time because I'm still, like, it will stick with me for my, like, for life. Like, this is in my frontal lobe forever, unfortunately. But she was like, you know, I love your platform. I love your content. Like, you're so great, which is awesome. And she goes, also, uh, I feel so represented by you. Mind you, we're not the same race. So I'm like, what does that mean? And she's like, "Um, because I've never seen... A creator with a platform that's also wall-eyed, and I said, "Hold on, <laughs> wait, what? wall-eyed, because all I know is cock-eyed or like cross-eyed, <laughs> and I'm assuming it's something like that. Wait, what? Bitch, I look it up. You know what animal is wall-eyed? A horse." <laughs> Because their eyes are on so- opposite sides of their head, and they can look two different directions. I said, girl, what? Who's we? Like, she said, we're walleye. That makes me feel good. Who's we? Who's we, bitch? And she said it with all the love in the world. Like, she she was like, love you. Love you so much. Love you. And I was, I Googled it. I said... Girl, <laughs> y'all want me dead. Y'all want me dead. I The way I'm like, you guys are my ops. Like, for real, some of you are my ops. Wall-eyed. Let me Wall-eyed, girl. Someone called me cock eyes, too, once. And I was like, eyes? <laughs> Both eyes? They want me dead. Have uh. you thought about stand-up? I have actually, I've thought
0: about it. You'd be good at that. I think. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be real fucking good <laughs> at that. Thank you, thank you. I've tried,
2: I think like, I've actually had quite a few like actual stand-up comedians. Like they came and saw, we did live shows um, in January for Two Idiot Girls, which is essentially stand-up on the road. But um, we did a lot of crowd work and stuff. Like we talked to them and made jokes and stuff. And I had some really amazing comedians that I admire so much, like Caleb Heron. He's just so funny and unbelievably funny. But he came to one of my shows and he was like, you should for sure do stand up. Like you should try it. Like I think you have something there. I'm a little nervous to do stand up. Sometimes I think like being funny and doing stand up, they're two different things. Like Mm. some people can be hilarious, but it doesn't translate. Mm -hmm. So that's my fear. I have no shame in being like I might not work in that medium. And stand up is such an art form that I feel like I don't want to taint. Or taint it. Or, like, my reputation of being funny by trying to do stand-up and being like...
1: "Mm." I respect that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think so. I think it's like, I know my strengths, so... Maybe I could learn and get good at it, but not too proud to be like that might not be my vibes but it's okay
1: i'd love to see you host a weekly talk show where oh, you do politics you. and culture and society period shit. yeah i would love that i put think that's, that's great put it on msnbc they only got old people over there <laughs> <Who watches laughs> yeah just stuff? throw me
2: in there well you
1: put it on there you put on that peacock thing they got The cock. That's what we call it.
2: My sister said she got that from Smartless, like the podcast. Ah. They call it the cock. So that's what we call it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, put you on the cock. Yeah, it's on the cock. That's huge. (laughs) I mean, the cock is, they they have a lot, it is a big cock. It is. is. It's a lot of content on there.
2: It is, and so is mine. So there there
1: you go. (laughs) The question (laughs) is who's bigger? Damn, I can't believe some girl came up to you and said that she felt represented because.
2: Because the, my eyes are on either side of my head. I know. Yeah. Your crazy. eyes look in the
0: center of your face yeah, to me. they do.
2: Listen, I think so. <laughs> but it's crazy what people make you think about yourself when you say, then you start looking at yourself and you're like, am I, re- I like the fugliest person to ever exists? Because oh. some of you see me in a way that I'm like,
1: Yeah, everything, everything becomes different. I'm trying, like, to be honest, like a few weeks ago, somebody stopped me while I was in the middle of a phone conversation to tell me that they are also a 28 year old virgin (laughs) who finally (laughs) felt, like felt seen (laughs) and understood by somebody. Uh, it was seven thirty in the morning on Santa Monica Boulevard. And I was like, <laughs> the- I don't
2: need this right now. <laughs> I, I literally thought it
1: was a homeless person accosting me and I kept <laughs> running and they touched me and oh I was God. like, what am I taking my headphones off to? Mm. And it was this, 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 I was going to call him a kid, this man telling me that, uh, uh, he wanted to thank me for being honest and open about being a virgin because he is a virgin too, who is also pansexual. And he's like, and yeah. That.
2: Thank you so much. And then
1: everybody on the fucking conference call heard the whole interaction. <laughs> you're like,
2: they're like, Zach, you're still unmuted. Yeah. Zach, <laughs>
1: you're Zach, still unmuted. Zach, Zach, uh, <laughs> Zach, uh, not as bad as wall eyed, but like. Girl,
2: I get, I have people, this is not a joke. I get this every time I'm out in public and someone sees me. At least one of them will say, you're so much prettier in person. Which means I'm a big fuggo online. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if they hear that when they tell me. But I'm always like, oh, no, for sure.
1: That's wh- like, what do you that- say? You're
2: like, thank you.
1: Yeah, you. Thank say you. Nothing.
2: Thank you so much. Appreciate it. <laughs> And I'm like, am I, do I just film so horridly? Like, do I photograph terribly? Like, I'm someone they would show and they'd be like, she just doesn't photograph well.
1: Sometimes I genuinely wish I could enter somebody else's mind and just sit behind their <laughs> eyes and see how the fuck they see me.
2: And sometimes I don't want to see it. Yeah, well, don't tell me. I just think none of my business. Well, like, when people say, what do you want your superpower to be? And they're like, I wish I could read minds. Not me. Well,
1: I'm, I am caught between, like, lie to me and tell me exactly what I want to hear. <laughs> yeah. And then me wanting to be inside your brain and figure right. out exactly what you're if thinking. If you're telling the truth. The- Yes, yeah, so and I can figure it out. <laughs> I'm like I'm, I, 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 go back and forth every second.
2: I feel that. I feel very torn too. I feel like I'm like I'm good. No, I, you know what? I'm good. I literally to yourself.
1: I, I literally was about to tell this person I'm into. Like, can you just like lie to me? Like, just just lie. Like, tell, just lie to me so I can feel good just You're for like, a second.
2: Alexa, play "Lie to Me" by One Direction. Yeah, <laughs> you ever heard that song?
1: Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <What>? <laughs> where do you know where you
1: are? <laughs> Well, oh. I'm just saying it's applicable well you should um you can, you should come to like some lily tomlinson premiere on may 13th we should invite you
2: oh my god period i would love to go i would love to go i loved one direction i was a big 1d fan yeah,
1: i remember that i was a big
2: mm-hmm. 1d fan i was a big jonas brother fan i think i was more into the jonas brothers because i was like that was like my prime like fangirl phase mm-hmm. like i was like a young girl Um, when the one, when one direction came out, I was a little bit older. So like, I did love them a lot, but it wasn't nearly as feral as my obsession with the Jonas brothers. Like when they did their Broadway thing, I was like, I have to go whose balls I have to put in my mouth to get there, bitch. Like I was like balls in your court. Literally, I will do it if that's what it takes. And did you? Yes, I did. You got there. I didn't put balls in my mouth, but I did go sick. I went to night one and two which is like my favorite albums of theirs is like their very first one and of course then a little bit longer oh my god so incredible they're so great live but it was so fun. It was like a fucking blast. So, it's, reliving my teenage years.
1: That's it. It's like nostalgia. It's reliving yeah. the, the heydays. It's like really yeah. escaping from reality. And and in that moment, like, I love a Jonas Brothers show because, well, I love every, I, I love concerts. Because in that yeah. moment, you really know that you're sharing this moment with so many like-minded people. Yeah. Who really just want to escape and enjoy it and trans, just... Uh, be transported back to wherever the right. fuck they were happiest. The last time they heard that no, song. No,
2: actually, and I was such a. Oh my god, I had everything. I went to like six Jonas Brothers concerts when I was like a kid, and um, my mom actually took me to my very first one in Vegas. We like skipped school for a Sick. day. We flew to Vegas. We like took a little limo. <laughs> me thinking that they're gonna see me and be like, "Bring that twelve-year-old up here." Uh, but I also was a grown man. Like I was like five eight when I was twelve. So like. They're like, get that man out of here. He scares me. Um, I was like way bigger than everybody. It was honestly kind of ominous how big I was. Girl, I said my dad's 6'6. My sister's normal size. I'm not. Like I'm fucking huge. So I feel like that was like my when I first saw it, I was like, oh my god, this is my whole personality now. Like I literally wore all their concert shit to school to like show my friends, like, oh my God, this. Yeah, I was in Vegas this weekend. Sorry, I was seeing the Jones Brothers. Um so getting to like relive that was crazy. I got to relive it as a as a grown man now. So. <laughs>
1: Have you met them?
2: <laughs> no, I haven't. Which do you is want crazy. to or
1: do you want to you don't want to be ruined?
2: I would love to meet them. Uh I think that would be so fun, so cute, so silly goofy. I don't know if they'd love to meet me, but I would love to meet them. And I think too, like when I when I did go, I worked with SeatGeek, which I love and they uh, got me tickets to the shows. And so I had to like post my video after. So I literally posted this concert video it was like this video i made on youtube with my sister and my friend to try and win Jonas brother tickets i literally put that in
1: there i feel like i saw this
2: yeah i put it in my brand deal (laughs) like i put it in there like you know that trend that's like i wish i knew you earlier yeah that was what i did but with my Jonas brother video and then i put videos of me at their concert now and it was like all the comments were like i had no idea that you were like a fangirl like that, which is so funny because when I filmed that fucking video, my sister's a dumbass and didn't know that tri state area meant the East Coast yeah. and we're in California and we were like, <laughs> we're so gonna win. And we weren't even, we got disqualified because we're not even in the fucking tri state area. But then I got to see them in the tri state area as an adult. Full so, circle. Full circle. There you go. Nothing happens to me by accident.
1: So. You should knock on that log. And manifest meeting the Jonas Brothers. Oh,
2: yeah. i no, the log. log. On the log. log. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, good luck, wood. wood. Yeah. Love, love. Mm. I'll meet the Jonas Brothers. Sure, fuck it. I was a big Nick girl. Mm. Yeah.
1: I mean, he's gorgeous. Priyanka's gorgeous. Yeah,
2: but he's also a Virgo, so I don't know if it never oh. would have worked. Sorry, Nick. Sorry <laughs> to bring it to you. Never would have worked. We're both Virgos. Yeah, it was, We'd <laughs> kill each other.
1: The loss is yours, Nick.
2: We'd be so successful, but we would kill each
1: other for sure. <laughs> That's hot. <laughs> That's hot.
2: That's hot. There you go.
1: You got to listen to the comment section. It's on Spotify exclusively. We're going to put a link in the description below. Final thoughts, Dan?
0: No, you were great. My face hurts. I'm laughing. My cheeks (laughs) hurt.
1: Thank you. I really thank you so much for giving us your time and energy today. Oh my gosh, of course. I can talk to you for 77 more hours. I love y'all. Before you go, how do you define success?
2: How am I going to find success? How do you define it? Oh, how do I define success? I think um, success is measured for me through like, like, true, like, 100% happiness. Like, if I feel really happy and confident with where I'm at in life and where I'm going, I feel like you're successful
1: no matter what. What is happiness derived from?
2: I would say my happiness, I think, like, where it's derived from. Like Where, where does it come it. from? For me, I feel like it comes from feeling validated in my purpose, like, what it is I'm doing for a living, love, you know what I mean, and then support. I guess is where my happiness comes from i would say
1: beautiful
2: <laughs> and also making a lot of money that's that's mm-hmm. also defining success <laughs> and she's <laughs> a virgo and i'm a virgo and remember that
1: <laughs> listen to the comment section there's a link in the description below drew Af- drew off everybody
2: thank Woo-hoo. you thank you zach sang thank i worship you. at the altar that is zach sang get out of here <laughs> it, it's the zach sang show